Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, he was born to die. And he was died, he died to be rose again. And when he rose, he was buried. And when he buried, he was rose. And when he rose, we had victory. When he rose, we had victory. When he rose, we have victory. We have victory over the enemy, over anything that would try to challenge your mind to go in another direction. You have victory over that today. So smiling faces, smiling faces, smiling faces. Smile at your neighbor, smiling faces. You should have a smiling face. Yeah, hallelujah. If you have your Bible today, you should have Matthew 4, amen? And Matthew 4, and I think we're going to go after that, we're going to go to, I believe it's Kings, amen? Hallelujah, it'll show on the screen for you. I believe it's the 17th chapter of Kings. In verse 7. So we have Matthew 4 say amen. Verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Go to Kings. Amen. First Kings 17. Seven. Through 14. When you have it, say hallelujah. hallelujah. When you have it, shout victory. victory. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide or sustain you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink, and as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain 
on the earth. Let's bow. After a minute, verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, just like he said, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Somebody say amen. amen. So the preceding word of God, amen. What are you going to do? The preceding word of God, what are you going to do? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. That you for Thank you for allowing us to see and be in this day. And Lord, let today's preceding word touch us to action. Let the word penetrate our hearts to move. We are willing and obedient, and we will eat the good of the land. Lord God, we love you so much, and it grieves us to grieve you. We want everything you want for us. We know that what you want for us, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11, is all good. No good thing, you said, you would withhold from those that walk upright. So, Lord, we thank you now for loving us the way you do. And we want you to know we love you back. We want you to know we love you right back. And, Lord, we intend to live the life that makes you proud. Lord, bless these beautiful people this morning and cause their lives to be a reflection of your glory. Lord, increase them and bless them indeed. Lord, heal sick bodies, Lord God. Mend broken hearts, Lord God, and straighten broken places. Give them beauty for their ashes, the oil of joy for their mourning, and, oh, Lord, the common of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for all these wonderful and magnificent replacements. Lord God, so in light of this, oh God, we close this prayer by declaring your divine replacements. For you said to let the weak say, I am strong, and to let the poor say, I am rich. So we declare your word today and forever in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. Glory to God, everybody. Glory to God. Come on, give God glory this morning. Give him glory this morning. Give him glory. Praise God. You may be seated. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I would ask that you thank God for our senior pastor this morning. One of God's greatest. Amen. He's the pastor of one of God's greatest churches. Amen. Of that you are a covenant partner. Amen. Amen. And God has divinely assigned um, you as a covenant partner in this house for this purpose and for this moment. So I would ask that you join me in just thanking God for Pastor Paul L. Taylor this morning. Amen. Stellar leadership in this church. Amen. Stellar leadership. Amen. There's destiny in this place. There's destiny in this place. And God has assigned you for such a time as this. Amen. So we thank God for you, Pastor, wherever you are. Amen. In the back, serving as usual. This is a place where saints can mature and not be patted on the back for their wrongs. This is a place where we are challenged by the word to act, and to walk in righteousness. Amen? This is a place where the pastor does not invade your home, but invades your inner man through the word of God spoken to you. And th then you are then able to make a decision for Christ on your own. Amen? You don't have that kind of pastor that tells you what to do. 
but he tells you through the word and helps you to make a decision for your life. Amen. And many, many, many churches don't have that. So we should not become uh, or have that spirit of familiarity, that familiar spirit where we just take our pastors for granted. We are a blessed church. Let me say that again. We are a blessed church. Y'all hearing me? We are a very blessed church. I know some, I've heard some horror stories. Amen? Amen. So we thank God for the gift. And when he succeeds in life, we all succeed. The anointing, remember, falls from the skirts and runs down. Remember that. So a preceding word comes from this house. And God's about to give you your second wind right in this place. I'm pretty much giving you what God has given me today to share with you. So I ask that you be attentive and that you allow the word to penetrate your heart today. So I sense that another shift is about to come. Somebody say another shift. An acceleration that will propel us in the spirit and in life. Your own righteous thoughts can't be a distraction in real life. For if the foundation be destroyed, who can, what can the righteous do? God has divinely built and brought you here for foundations. You just need to grow up. Frustrated, some of y'all are. Preoccupied, some of you are that. Preoccupied, frustrated, no focus, too much focus on the wrong thing. Even too much focus on the right thing could be dangerous. Anxious, disengaged, all these things are a sign of immaturity. The Bible says that when I was a child, I thought like a child. But then when I became a man, full grown, the Bible says, out of the crib and off breast milk, I put away the toys. God is doing a new thing. Can you not sense it? Can you not sense it? Or are the trials of life overshadowing, blinding your eyes to what God is trying to do? This is a spiritual thing. Look at your name and say, this is a spiritual thing. Look around. Our world is a plum distraction. It's in disarray. Look around you. Look around the world when you walk out there. But it's also in transition. As you can see, we're embarking on a new year with a new president. We're in transition. Our nation is in transition. Our church is in transition. Shoot, your life is in transition. Time is filled with swift transition. But the, word, the words of the song say, hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. Build your things, your life on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Somebody say transition. transition. Things like this. You in your 60s and you still at night eating two Whoppers, two orders of fries, the onion rings, and the shake. Yeah, it is. You need to transition. You are no longer a teenager, and you're no longer in your 20s. Shoot, half of y'all not even in your 30s. Somebody say transition. Transition can be tough, but you can't keep doing stuff like that. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, are you 60? 
we have to transition in our way of life, real life, and in our habits through processes. Somebody say processes. And sometimes we're not willing to go through those processes. But God is calling us in this time of transition to follow every process that he places in our lives. Say amen. Somebody say, I'm going to follow God's process. We have to shift, amen? This is a rapid change. God is accelerating things. Remember we said, can't you sense it? There's an acceleration point here. There's, there's, there's quick transition taking place. And we have to be keen to the Holy Spirit in order to sense what is going on. Somebody say amen. You wonder why all kinds of hell going on in your life? See me after church. No, I might give you some today. You're going through hell because it's time for a transition. God is calling you higher. And you can't transition the way he's trying to take you with that foolishness. And see, we think foolishness is sex and drugs, and, but some of us, bad attitudes. The unwillingness to change is a sin. It's called disobedience. So don't think you don't have something. You do. I got something. You got something. All God's children got something. And you know what your something is. Take, a, take, take an inventory because a lot of times, God, you're missing moments. God is trying to transition you, but in your disobedient state and your willingness to not go and say, I'm sorry, and your willingness to not be obedient and your willingness to do something opposite of what God is saying for you to do, you're missing the blessing of God. Oh, I'm blessed, Pastor Leslie, what you're talking about. You are missing the elevation of God. Okay, you blessed, but God is trying to give you abundance. And you're missing your moments. I'm not telling you anything I haven't experienced or am not experiencing right now. Amen? So somebody said transition. Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Let me say that again. Change is inevitable. Things are going to change whether you like it or not. But your growth in him is an option. It's a decision. And it's a conscious decision that only you can make. I can't make it for you. The pastor can't make it for you. Mama can't make it for you. Granny can't make it for you. It's a decision that only you can make. Smile at me. Y'all getting too serious. Y'all don't think, I got Victor. I need your smiles. Because see, when you, the Bible says when you receive the word in joy, the Holy Ghost kicks in. And he starts stirring up stuff in you. I'm paraphrasing, but I know what I'm talking about. It's been stuff that stomped on my foot, cramped my toes, felt like a ro I was stomping a roach. It hurt. But it was needed. And in this place, a blessed place, a divine place that God sent you, whether it be for covenant partnership or he just sent you today, you're here for a purpose. You're here to be challenged. And a lot of churches, they're there because they don't get challenged. 
pews are filled with churchgoers. But those that want to be challenged are placed in a place where you get challenged and you sit right there. You sit under the word and you get that challenge and it helps you to grow because you want to grow. Somebody say growth. Hallelujah. As we examine the text, we find Elijah at the brook. Prior in verses 1 through 6, after miracles at the brook had taken place at the brook of Cherith. Being fed by dirty birds and the brook drying up, getting a proceeding word from the Lord. In verse 7, he tells him to get up. The brook is dry. No more dirty birds are going to come your way and feed you. Y'all thought he was sitting there getting filet mignon. He was getting mess, but he was getting something. And he was at a brook, but at the time, the brook dried up. Has your brook dried up and you still sitting there? And he has said, get yourself up. And you sitting right there. Sitting right there in anger. Sitting right there in a pity party. Sitting right there in disobedience. The pastor say, go left, you go right. Oh, I'm going there today. I'm going there today because we're not going into 217 like this. You sitting there with a dried up brook. No water, mother. No water. No sustenance. And God is saying, I'm about to give you a proceeding word. Here is the proceeding word. Get up. Somebody say, get up. Get up. Let me, somebody say it again. And then he tells him where he is going. And he is telling him that he is going to meet someone. Listen, nothing is done until something is said. Nothing is done until something is said, and nothing is done until you receive what is said and you act on it. People can talk to you all day long, but until you move, nothing is going to get better in your life. And as a Christian, we've been called to get up, and live a Christian lifestyle pleasing to the Father in every single way. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, every single way. Now, see, in your mind, and I'm going to bind that up too, you thinking, well, I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. That is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about growth and development to perfection. Because remember, the Bible says he's coming back for a bride. Without spot or wrinkle. That means the perfected church of the most high God. So you cannot sit and be stagnant and say, well, he forgive me. He understand my sin. I can repent and I can go and he can get me up. And get you. No. God is calling a remnant. I am looking at a group of remnant Christians. Are you a remnant Christian? You know what a remnant Christian is? That one that come hell or high water, you're going to stand for Christ. You're going to stand. When somebody says, I'm going to give you this under the table, you say, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 I'm a Christian. When somebody says, well, you can just do this on your taxes, and that will be all right. You know the Lord, know your heart. No, no, that $1,000 is not worth my soul. It's not worth my soul. And some of y'all are talking to some real saints right now. 
See, y'all little babysitters, y'all thought I was just talking to y'all. I'm going to tell you some tra- who they think grown saints be doing this. Don't let them fool you. Don't let them fool you, baby saints. Thank you. I see your boy. Don't let them fool you. They talk a lot, but you watch their actions. You watch their actions. Because there are true Christians. Don't let anybody fool you to think that all Christians are fake. There are real Christians that walk by the word of God and live daily by his commands and his precepts. I'm one of them. Am I perfect? No. But when I see something, I'm going to stop it. Now, y'all don't always see us stop it. Y'all want to see us stop it. But some things are done behind closed doors. We're always trying to embarrass people. You missing your moment. There is a miracle in your mouth. Say, there's a miracle in my mouth. And say, it's a mountain in my mind. So you got to move that mountain by faith. And you got to get that miracle out of your mouth. There's some mountains in your mind that are distracting the miracle in your mouth. And it can't be spoken because of what's in your mind. What's in your mind right now? That argument you had last night? What's in your mind? That unforgiveness? What's in your mind? Tell the mountain to be thou removed and cast into the sea so the miracle can come out of your mouth. The enemy's trying to shut your mouth. Open your mouth. In fact, open your mouth now and give him glory. The enemy don't want you to give him glory. Give him glory. A lot of times we don't have balance. Balance in your life like Elijah is given with the word. It's given with the word. I'm moving you from this brook. It's dry. Get up. I'm going to bring some balance to your life. The scripture says in Proverbs 11 and 1, a false or dishonest scale is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. No balance, no covering. No balance, no covering. No covering, no balance. God has put somebody specifically in your life to cover you. Yeah, God covers all of us, but he sends relationships. People on earth that will challenge you in your mess to help you get some balance. Somebody shout to the Lord, I need balance. No balance, no covering. No covering, no balance. There is a time and a place for everything, saints. Under heaven, you are missing out on the best anointing when you are not in place, in the right place, at the right time. And God is trying to speak, and you miss out on the best that he has to give to you. Look for the preceding word of God. Look for it. Pastor's been talking about expectations. Expect the preceding word of God to come. Look for it. And when it comes, act on it. See, God ordered Elijah's steps, and he also ordered Elijah's stops. 
He, he, he ordered Elijah's steps, but he also ordered Elijah's stops. You just had to have that man. You just had to have him. You already knew he had an angry spirit. You already knew he ran around with Sally May, Susie May, and Judy May. But you just had to have him. But the Lord caused a stop. He stopped that thing. He delayed it. And he stopped that transaction. I said he stopped that transaction. And you see that man five years later, and he a hot mess. Look a hot mess, sound a hot mess, ugly. Drunk, busted, disgusted, on the corner, wife beater. That kind of ugly. And all you can say is, thank God. Well, I ain't forgot about the men, Elder. Just had to have that booty. Don't let it fool you. Excuse me, mother. Don't let it fool you. Time of this your beauty. Just had that, but God stopped that thing. You see her five years later, and you say, Lord Jesus, sagging and bagging. God will order your steps, but he will also order your stops. You ought to give him praise for that. Thank you for ordering my stops. And for those that disobeyed, he got a way out, escape for you. He got an escape for you. As we enter into this season of fasting, because you know we're going into fasting in January, and I'm challenging everybody. Somebody look at your name and say, everybody means you. You need to fast. You need to fast. And when the man of God says God is called a fast in the house, if you a remnant, you fast with him. You fast with him. And you believe God in the fast. And everything that's been laid out by God through him, you follow it. You follow it. And you follow it with a whole heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And that is applicable when it comes to this. So as we enter in this, God is going to bring balance. He's going to bring clarity. And he's going to sensitize your ears. He's going to make your ears sensitive to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church in this hour. As you fast, he's going to do that for you. There's some things you need clarity on. Amen. You ain't got to shake your head, but I know there's some things you need. You need some approval. You need some affirmation. You need some clarity on. You're not sure which way to go. And this time of fasting, God's going to release that clarity to you. I speak that in the name of Jesus. This is a prophetic message. Amen. Let those that have an ear to hear, hear and receive what the Spirit is saying to the church. In this time of fasting, he's going to open that thing for you. Amen, and believe that because it's coming. Somebody say praise the Lord. And when God is speaking to you or talking to you, you don't let the voice of media, you don't let the voice of public opinion, you don't let the voice of political correctness distract you from the true word of God when he says, hear ye the commands of the Lord.
this is the way I want you to go. Don't let anything distract you from that. If God says, I want you to go right, where are you going? If he says, go left, where are you going? If he says, go straight ahead, what are you going to do? If he says, stop right there, what are you going to do? I hope so, because that's the season that we're in. If he says, walk upright, you walk upright in that situation. When the others are going the wrong way, and he says, you, I am trusting you to walk upright in this situation. You are going to walk upright in that situation. Say amen. See, God's leadership is crucial. His leadership is crucial. You can never lead when you struggle to follow. You can never lead when you struggle to follow. Followship proceeds, precedes leadership. Let me say it again. Followship precedes leadership. Followership never ends. Many of us want to lead, but we can't even follow. Why, y'all? Why? Why do you want to lead and you can't follow? Do you understand how serious that is? Do you understand that leadership follows at all times? If you are somewhere where you're not following, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I follow to properly lead. Somebody say, I follow so I can properly lead. I submit to properly serve. I humble myself so I can reign with him. For if I suffer with him, I shall eventually reign with him. This is training for reigning 101. This is the basic. I can't lead anybody if I can't follow anybody. God will lead you. Will you be led? Elijah was led. If you obey, you will eat the good of the land. I know what I'm talking about. For every victory, you have to encounter a battle. Every time you have a victory, you definitely are going to encounter a, encounter a battle. That's what victory is all about, right? And with every opportunity, you will encounter an obstacle, right? Somebody say amen. amen. So then, it's going to rain on everybody. It's going to rain on everybody. It ain't just poor little old you. It's not just poor little old you. Don't let the devil think that it's just you. It's all of us. I had some rain the last three months. Amen, mother? I've had some rain since August. Right, pastor? It rains on everybody. It rained on Pastor Leslie. It rained on Pastor Paul. It rains on mother. It rains on everybody. It's how you react in the rain. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. Y'all better keep smiling, because you're going to have to sing in the rain. What a wonderful feeling. I'm happy again, just singing, singing in the rain for the stare. Yeah, it's going to rain on you. Can't you see it is raining on everybody around you? Right, right, Nelson? Yeah. But when you encounter problems, you have to stop. When you encounter problems, you have to stop. Everybody say stop. stop. 
So what does stop? I had come, God gave me something, come up with something for stop. Y'all ready? Stop. S, slow down. When you encounter a problem, slow down. Because if you don't, you're going to make the wrong decision. Slow down. T, take time to hear God. Because he's speaking. He's speaking through his word. He's been speaking to you as you drive down the street in your car, as you listen to your worship music. He's speaking. So take the time to hear what he's saying. And then, oh, open your ears and listen. Hearing and listening, two different things. Two different things. Y'all heard pastor last week, boy, take out the trash. Take out the trash, little one. Darling, take out the trash. Didn't I say take out the trash? Jump up. Which one did he hear? Yeah, how come? Because he got up and did what he was told to do. A lot of y'all hearing, but y'all not listening. Let that go. Oh, my dear little saint of God, let that go. Let that go. I'm going to shake it up. So you're going to have to let it go. You know God will shake some things up in your life. He'll shake it up. I'm going to talk about that shaking up in just a few minutes. Y'all hold on. You got your seatbelts on. Y'all awake? Don't fade out on me, brother. Don't leave me now. Never discount your relationships either. See, Elijah was headed to a place and to meet a person that he did not know. And she was about to meet the prophet that she did not know. But a relationship had been ordered by God to begin. So never discount your relationships. I'm going to start right here at real life. Never discount your relationship with your pastors, with your elders, with your deacons and training, with your covenant partners. Never discount those relationships. Remember I talked about familiarity? Some of us so stinking familiar with our pastor until it's not funny. We sit there, he preaching the word. I mean, just, I mean, I watch the man study, pray, lay out, and we just sit there. We don't give no amen. We got our head down. No, we don't text, and we just, just pitiful. Yeah, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. And I sit right there. I can't see none of y'all, but I sense it in my spirit because you're mad. You're mad. What you mad about? He didn't do it to you. You did it to yourself. And y'all the saints of God. Y'all stop that. This man of God be preaching all over the United States. People be eating up the word. Oh, they be rejoicing, be running. And y'all talking about he ain't got no anointing. Yeah, you say it in your spirit. I'm trying not to come down there. You say it, I tell you. Lord done showed it to me. I can preach better than that with my eyes closed. Somebody done gave you a compliment. Time, but you call to preach. 
But I heard the man of God say, when the Lord says, I ain't moving till he says so. So don't try to rush me into nothing. Don't discount your relationships. Look at the person next to you and tell them you love them and you thank God for them. Tell the person behind you. Tell them you love them and you thank God for them. Amen. Don't take them for granted. Don't abuse them. Don't become familiar. Elijah is about to meet someone new. The widow woman is about to meet someone new. A new relationship is about to be formed, and God's about to do something. In your relationships, God's trying to do something. He's trying to do something in real life. He's about to break forth. Where is your relationship with your man of God? And doubly, where is your relationship with God? Don't discount that relationship or you're in big trouble. I'll just pray for you. With every problem encountered, there's a person that has been placed to help you, assist you with that problem. With every problem you encounter, there's a person in place to help you. There's a David, there's a Moses, there's a Nehemiah, there's an Esther to help you get out of that mess. For every problem you encounter, God has divinely placed you in a place and given you relationships that one of those relationships are going to help you to get out of that problem. There's a Jesus. You know he's a, a great assistant. Why that? Why you know that? Because he said, I am the way. You need a way out? Jesus, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. You need an assistant? You need peace? He is the Prince of Peace. You think peace in that bottle? I hope I pray ain't no alcoholics in here. I bind that in Jesus' name. Loose that bottle and let it go. Your peace is not in that bottle. Loose that man, let him go. You ain't married to him, he married to somebody else. Your peace ain't in that man. Your peace ain't in that girl. Let it go. Get a hold of Jesus. People bless who they know. Elijah's there with the widow woman in Zarephath. And he says, I'm, I'm sending you there so that you can be sustained. Somebody say sustained. So that you can be provided for. Wow. Who is rebuking you? Y'all got your head down. I hope y'all taking notes. Who is rebuking you? If I came up and said, nah, I need to talk to you about something now. I need to give you a little, little rebuke on that now. You going to be all right? You going to be all right with me? Some of y'all, I just said, now you know that's dead wrong, that's jacked up. Your spirit should be jacked up, that's messed up. Let that alone. And I could walk off just as good, just as good. 
But some of you get that gentle rebuke. That's, that's your wonderful pastor give you that gentle rebuke. Y'all just be, oh, Jesus. Who is correcting you? Do you have somebody that can correct you and you be all right with that? Can you be corrected? I'm going to ask the people in the back. Can you be corrected? If not, you can't submit. And your life is not under submission. Therefore, everything you put your hands to do will just be that, your hand. It'll be just that and not the hand of God. Who is there to restore you when you fall? Why don't you tell somebody that you've fallen? Why do you go to him and he's just going to pat you on the back and say, you'll be all right. Why you go to them? Why you go to her? Why you won't come over there? Because you know he got going to play with you. You know that you want to be, you want your, help, your hand held. And you're in a place where you're supposed to be growing and maturing. You're not in a deliverance ministry. Let ye who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of what? Meekness. But you don't want that. When you mess up, you need help. And you need to be restored. And you need somebody to help you put your life back together. Amen. You see how gentle I'm being right now? God sent Elijah to someone that didn't have much. See, we think we're trying to build these relationships with people who have a whole lot. But Elijah was sent to have a relationship with somebody that didn't have very much. You could go to somebody, God will divinely set you in a place where that person doesn't have a lot, but they have a lot. God will send you to someone, a church, a place that doesn't have much. Real life doesn't have much, but what we do have such as we have, we give unto you. But what they do have, whether you know it or not, you need it. You need it. See, this passage describes a type of church, a church that doesn't have much, but what they do have, they give with all their might. Somebody say amen. You can't judge a book by its cover and don't look with your natural eye. Look through the eyes of the spirit. Amen. I'm almost finished. God's not going to leave you in a bad state anyway. He's not going to leave you in a negative place. I thank God for that. You all, all just ought to clap your hands. I mean, for real, give him, give him like one of them clap praises. Give him a clap praise because God is never going to leave you in a negative place. He is not going to leave you stressed out, messed up, depressed, broken, your mind messed up. He is never, ever, ever going to leave you sick, busted, broke, disgusted. He's never going to leave you in that state. Never. Never. God, our God, the most high God will never leave you in that state. Now, that stuff you cherishing, that stuff you worship, it'll leave you right there.
there. But our God will never leave you there. Won't leave you broken like that. See, loss, when you lose something, loss is a divine tool to create a desire in you for change. Some of y'all have lost a lot of things, but it's, it, it was God. Let me say that again. It was God. It was God putting that desire in you to change. Some of y'all lost some reputation, lost some stuff, but it was, he was doing something in that, in that loss. Lost family, lost money, lost relationships, but God was stirring stuff up. Because he wanted to put a desire in you to say, I got to change something. I got to do something. That was all God. You thought it was the devil? No. It was God. Look at your name and say, it was God, it was God, it was God. He'll shake stuff up on purpose, I tell you, just to draw us closer to him. I promise you, I'm telling you what I know. He shook some stuff in my life just to get me on my face. Shook up my health. And before it happened, I was already on my face. I'd already told God, thank you, I'm at peace, I'm not scared to die. I told my husband, this was back in August, I was worshiping before the Lord, and I said, thank you, God. I am not afraid to die, not knowing that in August he would put me in the hospital. Went in the ER, apostle, the doctor, we were there for hours. Doctor came back. I thought he was going to say, you're good. Here's some medicine. You know how they do. You go on home. He came in. He said, ma'am, Miss Taylor, we're going to have to admit you. Me and my husband said, admit me. Admit me for what? Then he proceeded to tell us what was going on. Brought several doctors in, Mother, you know what I'm telling you. Last doctor started talking about cancer. Come on, Auntie. He'll shake it up, I tell you. He'll shake you right on up. He's shaking some of you up right now in your seat. He's shaking you in your seat. Because he wants you, and he don't want a piece of you. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. He'll shake up your marriage. He'll shake up your children till you don't even recognize them. Things you imparted in them in the spirit, they'll come back in the, the, the devil. Y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. He'll shake it up. It ain't the devil. It's God drawing you closer to him. And he's saying, now is the time. You're hearing him, but you're not listening. He'll shake it up. Turn to be disobedient, out of order, thinking they're big and bad enough to tell you what they're going to do. He wants you back in the place you used to be, right there with him. Somebody say he'll shake it up. But then, thanks be to God, he'll give you a freshness. 
Yeah, he will. He'll give you a freshness. He'll shift things for you. Yeah, he will. He'll breathe on you. He will set you in a high place. But you have to remember who set you there. Or he'll shake it up again. Everything starts with God. Everything ends with God. Don't you be fooled enough to think that it don't start with him and it don't end with him. The minute you get in the middle of that and you think he's not in the middle of that, that's where you're going to mess up. So as I end, we look at the prophet Elijah, and he meets this woman. He sees her at the gate, and she is there gathering sticks. She ain't passing out money. She's gathering sticks. She poor. But we declared earlier, let the poor say, I am rich. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. I promise you he'll change your crumbs into a loaf. I promise you, you bring him your crumbs, he'll bring you a loaf. I promise you. You think your crumb's not enough. I promise you if you bring it to him. And it said, he, it said, it said put it in my hand. And this scripture represents poor and needy in need of sustenance. But God said, I'm going to use that little poor hand to bring great riches, Nelson. Glory to God. And she went on to tell him her story. She said, okay, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering these sticks. You see me doing this, that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son. And then guess what? We're going to eat this, and we're going to die. But little did she know a relationship had been built that was going to assist her and bring great sustenance to her Forgiven to him. Glory to God. Elijah said, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. Give to me first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry from the dry brook. To a, all, to a place with a woman that she, he was, had the opportunity to speak into her life, to tell her that what's going to happen will never run out. Never, what God puts in you will never run out. It will ne if, if, if something stops, there's always a new beginning. When you think you lost something, God always got something greater. Oh, come on, y'all supposed to be smiling. When God stops this, he got that. There's always a preceding word. Are your ears attuned to that preceding word? It'll never run out until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Preceding word of God 
What you going to do? What you going to do? There's been a preceding word of God going on all your life. It said before you were in your mother's womb, there was a preceding word. That you were ordained to do great things. And from that time on, there have been preceding word all along. What are you going to do now that you are saved, filled with his Holy Ghost, redeemed in his care? Now what are you going to do? And if you're not saved, what are you going to do with this word today? What you going to do with this word? Don't let this word fall to the ground. In fact, it ain't going to fall, but it's going to produce what it's been sent to do. God has a plan for your life. And according to Jeremiah 29, that plan is good. All that stuff you've been doing out there in the world that you thought was good and, and was a mighty high, God got a high, you can't, oh my God. God's got a high higher than a high. Higher than the highest high. Than the highest high. Higher than that high. Oh, you better stop, mother, because he's the most high. I like that mother. What you going to do? What you going to do? And for those that are saints, what you going to do? Because most of y'all saved. What are you going to do? You going to just let all of this word that's coming out just, just go? Are you going to act on this? God has entrusted you with a precious word. How many of you really believe that God is real? Maybe I should have done an inventory. Maybe I should have done an inventory. I mean that he, he came on this earth, that he died for your sin because you was nasty, dirty, and rebellious. And he looked down and he said, but I still love him and I love you, God. And I'm going to do whatever you tell me to because you love them. And he came and he saved you. And you know your life before you got saved. I do. So come on now, we are accountable now. We are accountable for this preceding word. And God's going to give you your moment to reign. In fact, you're going to reign in life. You follow the word, and you're going to reign in life. Stand up to your feet, please. God, help me to grow up. Help me to be willing to change. God, put me on the move. God, grant me wisdom. God, stabilize my mind. God, stabilize my emotions. God, stabilize my life. Can you lift your hands to the Most High God if you say if He is to you what you say He is to you? Can you lift your hands? Can you speak pleasant words to Him? Can you speak pleasantries to the Most High God? Can you not stand in rebellion, but can you speak pleasant things to your God? He is your God. He belongs to you and you belong to him. Can you speak wonderful words that won't run out? Thank you. 
Thank you. God has given you a new perspective. He's changing your worldly perspective to a heavenly perspective. He's changing your worldly perspective into a heavenly perspective. You will no longer have a grim outlook on life. You will have a heavenly outlook. You will not stand in pity anymore, but you will rise up and you will stand in the authority of the king and you will walk in him. This is not a theatrical word. This is a sound word from the Lord. You will stand and you will rise. You will not be defeated. You will have victory. You will rise. And if you know that you need to stand up and rise in him, you need to be given the biggest shout. You need to be the one talking to him. If you don't, that means you want to stay where you are. Wind of God blow. Freshness of the Holy Ghost blow. You lay your hands.